They've done a nice job of your hair colour. Thanks. I mean, it was immediately rained upon. It makes me feel so upset that my hair is more responsive to humidity than other people's. It's just like more annoying than someone who looks like a sexy mermaid if it rains. Is there anyone on the Traitors US who you would trade hair with? Oh, it, have my you got God. hair envy? Yeah, I take pretty much anyone. I mean, this does, is does what that I'm include Kyle? No. What is going on with Kyle? I can't work out if he had it's a like, mullet no. and he's growing it out, or, no, no, no. or he's trying to grow a mullet. It's neither thing. He is at his peak hair right now. I don't think he's going. That's intentional. The other. Yeah. Did you notice that he only wears his glasses at the round table? <laughs> <laughs> and then he misuses big words. So two words that he misused were confounded and divulged. Now, I don't want to make fun of anybody for misusing words, but when I realized that he also only puts glasses on for the round table, I was like, we need to mention the word misuse now. Hello, and welcome to Latest Traitors. This is episode two, in which we discuss episodes three and four, confusingly, of The Traitors US. And I thought we could begin by paying our respects to The Departed. Do you want me to make the noise of solemn music while you maybe say their names? Like The Last Post, or more like an in-memoriam thing at the Oscars? Mm -hmm. Was that Amazing Grace, sir? Oh, no, but should I do Amazing Grace? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Go ahead now. Bam. How can we forget Bam? I mean, to be honest, we would never have remembered him if he wasn't called Bam. Do you, do you think that's true? Yeah. Like the only memorable thing about Bam, he was called Bam. That was really all we knew about him. The weird thing was that, that they all seemed gutted, though. They all loved Bam. No, no one more so than Christian, who said that Bam was like a brother to him. They'd known each other for two <laughs> Days. And I feel this sort of, I can never ever remember the the exact difference between empathy and sympathy. But as someone who has participated in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, it is this thing that notoriously makes people have a breakdown. And prior to participating in it, I was like, I don't get what the deal is. Like you go up for a month and you have to work for an hour a day. Oh, that sounds really terrible. And then when you're actually participating it, I... I bruised my hand because of how hard I hit a wall on the third day I was in Edinburgh this year. So I, I have some kind of sympathy for these these weird environments p- making people so, so, crazy. Like, like when people go on polar expeditions or are on a submarine or an oil rig, they form these very intense very bonds. Very intense bonds. 48 hours does seem a little... Uh... To say I love you like a brother. Mm. Do you think that tells us more about Christian and how quickly he forms attachments. and Yeah. So my prediction so far at the end of Your prediction is that he's going four, to murder someone in real life. I feel <laughs> that he is the most, and I'm, you know, using a term that I don't fully understand. Most, like, most bloodthirsty. Most psychopathic person we've seen in either season so far. And I don't actually think he's a psychopath. I don't know if that's the right word. He's, he seems no, unhinged in this he way, doesn't seems, he? Um, I'm not sure that this is the uh, best use of language. No, but he seems off in a way that is unique to him that I haven't seen in any other people in the US or UK version. It does feel a bit like he is using the show as a dry run for an actual murder. (laughs) Yeah. So, Bam, episode three. Episode four, Azra. 
The little doe a deer, a female deer, Azra. She was very doe a deer. Were you attracted to her? I wasn't until I started thinking about her being like a deer and a Tell everyone the animal that you'd most like to intercourse with. No, it's not I'd like to go on a date with a deer. I wouldn't I wouldn't like to You want to go on a date with a giraffe. <laughs> Isn't that your whole thing, the doe-eyed uh, yeah, quality but of the, the height difference. But no, no, I've, I have no interest in bestiality. I just want to be clear here. No. But sitting across a table in a nicely lit restaurant from a fawn. Oh. I realized after the animated film Sing mm. featuring a gorilla voiced by Taron Egerton that if I had to nail an animal, I think it would be a gorilla. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to. But if you had to. But if I had to. In a Black Mirror situation. To, in a Black Mirror situation, I think I'd like it to be a gorilla because it would remind me of Taron Egerton. Angelica was was very upset. Did she did she understand that Azra hadn't actually been murdered? <laughs> Angelica, you lies. <laughs> I can't believe it's taken this long um, for you to do that. The Skylers. Maybe we just didn't mention her in the first episode. <laughs> we didn't mention her in the well, first episode. Go, that explains it. Um, I think it felt genuine to me. She mm. appeared on our cryometer. The people in the cryometer so were Angelica. Christian and Andy. They all cried. Just three people in two episodes. Mm-hmm. More tears, please. Um, but it seemed real. I thought, oh, she's in this weird environment. It's strange. It's pressurized. She did form a connection with someone and she's having an outsized response. And they did give us that little um, clip of the two of them going off to the toilet together to yeah. show that there was a connection there. Yeah. Do you, do you like that? Going off to the toilet together. Do you, do you enjoy that? No. I feel like at this stage of my life, going to the toilet is a reprieve from everyone. Mm. Even I think if I'm with you and our child, I can go to the toilet and be like, just a minute to myself. (laughs) Um, Shall we move on to the banished then? Yes. So in episode three, we lost Brandy. She gave a good exit speech. Something I've noticed on the American version is they really turn it on for the exit speech. They leave long pauses to build the tension, not just the veterans of um, reality TV either. She also swore, and that's a very familiar thing, isn't it, on American reality shows, bleeps, profanities with the... I'm a fucking faithful. <laughs> but they always bleep. Was the, was the British version bleeped? No. Do you think it's better? No, I really dislike a bleep. It really takes you out. And how do you think Brandy really feels about going, given that she is this real housewife of wherever? God, that's a great question. Because the motivation for a famous-ish person isn't the prize money, it's the fee and the work begets work nature of it. Yes. Is she just thinking, well, I've done my bit, that was enough, now I get to go home? Because we spoke to somebody recently who'd worked on The Masked Singer, Mm -hmm. and apparently all the famous people on that are desperate to be (laughs) voted off as quickly as possible because they get the full fee, but don't have to sing in those big daft costumes week in, week out. So, such a great detail. And it's interesting because what we don't know is whether or not they just get a fee or whether they get a fee based on how long they last. Mm. But I have to say, watching her receive the information, she didn't seem that bothered. Do you think at all that that Kate now takes over the role of as played by Jennifer Coolidge? Now no, I I don't think she's she's got that sort of Real Housewivesy vibe. You know, whatever she's getting up to with her sunglasses is hilarious, and I support it. But it doesn't quite feel Coolidge to me. Mm-hmm. It feels it's like in her own mind, 
she's Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's. She's just not Audrey Hepburn to the rest of us. Right. That's good. That's good. And then the final person we lost in these two episodes was Michael. You know, I'll tell you what. I was warming to Michael. But then when I saw how many people like called when they were playing that game where they all go on around in the wheel mm. and they have to name different people for different things, he got called out is like being the two-faced one and the way and then so many people voted for him i was like i wonder if there is a very particular grain of unlikability to michael that is coming across in the actual castle that doesn't fully translate on screen what was so interesting about michael for me is i think a lot of us if not most of us Wonder. I wonder how I come across to other people. Mm-hmm. It's a question we ask ourselves. Yes. And especially Michael's talked about being socially anxious, which I am. And, and that's a question that comes up, up a lot for the socially anxious person. And what he's got is confirmation that he is an unlikable agent of chaos who people take against. And all his fears about himself are probably true. Oy, Isn't that depressing? A little depressing. But I have to say, I, I did quite like how he received all the votes. I think he did it with a lack of defensiveness that I was into. Now, before we go any further, I want to mention that if you're enjoying the podcast, Sarah is performing at London's Soho Theatre this week. Yes, I am. I'll be doing uh, an hour of stand-up at 9.15pm, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the 18th to the 21st. Tickets are at SohoTheatre.com or on my Instagram page. Now, Hat Watch. Hat Watch. The Alan Cumming Hat Watch. We have a blue beret and a yellow beret. We had a green beret in the previous episodes. Now, I'm going to say I'm enjoying it, but the petite chapeau into green beret made me think I'm going to be seeing more than different colored berets. Mm. Now I'm like, oh, we're going to do a rainbow of berets when I wanted to see more styles. It's doing some wonderful stuff with accessories, though. That scarf. Oh, oh my goodness. I think I spotted some slippers. There was a monogrammed smoking jacket at He's some point. He's doing those sort of, because they're, they're not quite gloved. They're like fingerless, but they look like elegant webs on your hands. Yes. And I wanted to say as well about Alan that I feel that I was saying uh, in our last episode that he was he was serving me kind of Shakespearean, which of course he still is. But what I'm now getting from what he's giving us is it's He's been cast as the wolf in Little Red Riding Hood. Mm. Come here, little girl. I'll tell you what else I think he's channeling. I feel that me just saying, come here, little girl, made you uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I liked it. I didn't know where to go with Like it. when I try to sing to children and they don't like it. <laughs> I'll tell you what else I think he's channeling, and, and this reference I think will be lost on you. Yeah. Do you know who Richard O'Brien is? No. Creator of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah! I had the exact same thought yesterday and I didn't express it. That's exactly who he is. But not just in Rocky Horror. Here, he hosted this game show, which was called The Crystal Maze. And it was very much the same vibe. He was a bit detached. Was he sneering at them? Was he not? Was he working with them? Was he against them? It was all very ambiguous. And I wonder if Alan Cumming was a fan of, of that yes, show. Yes, okay. O'Brien. If we're off starting to offer up these different points of inspiration... Shakespeare, but specifically Macbeth, The Wolf in Little Red Riding Hood, Richard O'Brien. Are we right? What are your thoughts? I wanted to say as well, a moment I thought was brutal, but yes, please, was when Angelica, um, following Azra's banishment, had to go away and cry. 
Which, again, I'm not making fun of her for that. That seemed very real to me. She then comes back. And when her face is still wet with tears, Alan takes the picture of Azra and just throws it on the floor. He's just, having a ball, isn't he's it? He's having, having a ball. The best time. And I want to say to him as well, Alan, if I'm not mistaken, in the late 90s, I want to put it in 1998, you were the MC in Cabaret in New York City. I was but a wee lass and I went to see it. And it was it was like one of the most incredible things you were ever going to see is Alan Cumming in The Master of Ceremonies. I mean, he seems like he's oh my God. be a role he'd be born to he play. He was born to play it and you got to see it. You would say, and he was in his prime. And guess what he's showing us? He is still in his prime. Speaking of berets... Rachel Warbray. She, she, she looks like um, the daughter in National Lampoon's European Vacation. Oh, that's really harsh, but correct. <laughs> I'm going to put this out, out there now. And what I know about Rachel from having Googled her, she's a married woman, but so am I. I think she has a, a whisper of a crush on Christian. There's a way she hugged him where I was like... How are you not repulsed by him? And I think something in her lady garden makes her be like, oh, Christian. That's an interesting theory. One to keep an eye on. I haven't spotted any frisson. Wait, but there was another frisson. Shall we say on various frissons? Yes, yes, please. Yeah. Someone said, and this is at the very end of episode four, Ryan says about going to bed and then someone, I wasn't sure who it was, said, Ryan, can I be the big spoon tonight? I thought it was maybe Kate or Stephanie, but I thought it was a joke. I, I didn't. Yes, think it, was. it was. It was maybe a lady of a certain age joking about getting to spoon Ryan, which I would a hundred percent do. Well, we'd love confirmation of who that was that said that. I would like to know. And and if if you feel that watching it, you have spotted some kind of sexual chemistry between any of the contestants, or even if it's one sided, which yeah. I think it is between Rachel and Christian. Yes, the email address is hoods up at latesttraitors.com. Don't forget any of the S's. Hoods up. This is an email. Our first. Yes. From Rhea. Dear Sarah and Jeff, I too became obsessed with the UK version, but my husband was away working and did not invest. I'm so sorry. And that, that's part of what we're here for. If, if yeah. you're watching it, but you've got nobody to talk to about yes, it. Yes, we want to be those people for you. So please use us in lieu of your spouse or even if there's just no one around. Finally, I have someone to discuss my thoughts with. Kate is the only celebrity I knew of below deck. I have heard it is quite good. And she is definitely, quote unquote, in on the Kateness of it all and plays into that well. But she's a nightmare. Hopefully we will see the best of that nightmare. I agree. I think Kate's going soon and I'll be disappointed if she goes. Ick factor. I don't know why, but they all really let us know about the Chinese buffet food they were serving for dinner made me cringe. That's so interesting. I, I didn't notice that. I totally noticed that. I was like, oh, oh, there's like takeaway. There's like Chinese takeaway. And there was no point in the UK version where there was ever any attention to what the food was. And now suddenly like everyone's losing their shit over the Chinese food. It didn't give me an ick factor, but I clocked it as interesting. The way that redhead man, who does she mean by the redhead man? Kyle? No, Michael's a bit of a redhead. And can I say something brutal? Mm -hmm. Michael would be more likely to repulse someone eating than Kyle. You never know, though. You're, you're 
quite something to watch eating. Oh and, my and God. You're, you're this princess from the oh. suburb. I was recently eating something. I don't remember what it was, but you just went, if you, watching you eat this was on video, it would go viral. That's how, <laughs> and we were in a restaurant. I'm like a little piggy. So Michael, no judgment if it was you. But Rio, we need to know who you mean. Um, but the way the redhead man was eating, standing with knife and fork in one hand, knife pointing away, massive ick factor for me. Oh my God, Rhea, I think you'd lose it if you ever watched me consume food. I hate Christian. This is my point. What? I always say is humans are divided into three categories. 80% of us are a matter of taste. 10% of us are undeniably lovable. And 10% of us are undeniably hateable. And my point about this Christian is he is the first cast member in any version of the traders that we have seen who is in undeniably unlikable. Rhea is confirming my views. So of course I love her. I hate Christian. He is going to mess it up for sure. Kind of already want him out and replaced as a traitor. Lastly, it's interesting that they haven't used music in the same way. Yes, I was thinking See, this. this is the kind of thing that I would notice. Because it's one thing I really loved about the British version. It's made by this company, Studio Lambert, who make a lot of high-quality reality TV goggle They box. didn't cast me for something I auditioned for, which I'm still bitter they, they about. They should have done that. And let me tell you something, didn't get recommissioned for a second season. Would it, would it have done if I Would have done it, if yeah. I'd gotten the part. Keep going. Yeah, but um, they make Gogglebox, which is excellent. And one thing I thought was a really nice production touch in the British version, was all these sort of slow, ethereal versions of pop songs with pertinent lyrics were used to punctuate it. Although they're starting to creep in, I think. Well, Rhea has said here sort of what you're saying, with all the breathy emo covers of famous songs. I think we only saw one at the end of Ep 2, and I didn't even know that song. I really like that element of the UK one. Looking forward to the next installment, Rhea. Rhea... I can't tell you what it means to us to hear from you. Thank you. I'm what seeing, a great I'm seeming first needy, but that's a great first correspondence. And um, message back because I'm desperate to know who the redhead is that you mean and thrilled to know that you're confirming the hatred of Christian. I would love to hear from anyone who likes Christian, who's rooting for Christian. The email address is hoodsup at latesttraitors.com. We talk quickly about the tasks in these two episodes. The bell ringing task was the first one. Under the watchful eye of Fergus. Yeah, Fergus kills it. Do you think the reason he doesn't speak is so that they don't have to pay him? (laughs) This is a different rate for an extra than it is for an actor. Oh, that's so funny. So it could be that. Or is it stylistic choice? Or... Is it going to be a delayed gratification thing and we'll get to hear his voice in the last episode? Well, wouldn't it be fabulous if he's like American? Like well, if Italian. It'd be great if he had a bit like an Italian accent. Oh <laughs> my God, or Australian or something. What yeah. would be, okay, this is another question for anyone listening. Mm. What accent coming out of Fergus's mouth as a big reveal at the end would you find the most exciting? <laughs> I do I, I do like the addition of Fergus. Yeah, he's, he's a great, um, what do you call it when there's a straight man to Alan Cummings? A great foil. He's a is it a foil? Counterpoint. Counterpoint. All these words, whatever he's doing that's contrasting with Alan is wonderful. Of all the tasks, the bell ringing is the one I think looks like the most fun, but not the running around, just the ringing the bells. And I con- hate, Conducting, the conducting. I hate watching it. I find it super boring. I think it's one of these rare occasions where a conductor does seem to be making a difference. Because I'm just not sure with an orchestra. You think that ultimately it's a sham? I think... And orchestras don't need conductors? I think if you said to an orchestra, look, I'll count you in and then there'll be no conducting 
<laughs> and if you perform it just as well as you did with a conductor, you'll each get £100,000. <gasps> I, th- I think you would get just as good a performance. Oh, my God. Because it says on the music what they should be doing. They mean professional musicians, so they should be able to keep time with each other. What do you think is a more useless job? Really think about this. Mm. Conductors or PRs? Well, speaking of PRs, did, what about the revelation that, uh, that Shelby is not just a PR, but she's a flautist? And a piccolo player. Oh, yeah, that was interesting. Mm. Actually, no, I didn't find it interesting to the extent that I didn't remember that it happened. I thought as a flautist yourself, you would have enjoyed that. I'm, I, I suppose I'm always interested when people have chosen a musical instrument, what it was that drew them towards it. I chose the flute because it's. I was like nine and it seemed like super feminine. Mm. Like it was between that and the harp. Those were the two that I was thinking of. And they seemed ladylike. And then, of course, the flute was going to be easier to carry. <laughs> Can you imagine my parents dealing with it? If they're like, update you guys. <laughs> I've chosen the harp. <laughs> and then the other task was the wheel task. It looks a bit like the Duran Duran Wild Boys video. I take it the wheel task is something you would not be happy to join in with. No, I'd love to do the wheel test. Really? I don't think that would make me nauseated. It's because because watching Andy, I felt I saw a lot of your essence. Yes, they were really overwhelmed. There was this type of deep breathing, panicky face that I, <laughs> I see on you with some regularity. Yeah. But again, I found those to be authentic tears. They didn't annoy me. Did they annoy you? No, not at all. I found it slightly odd that they said it'd be good to have the video of that to show to their unborn child to show them what courage in the face of adversity looks like. Your parent um, abandoned your other parent <laughs> while she was pregnant to go on a reality TV show and they went around and around in a wheel. <laughs> to show you how to be brave. You know what, though? I got to say about Andy, what we've learned about them is they're extremely likable. I don't like them as much as I think I'm like really liking Sari, for example, but I harbor no ill will toward them. What was interesting to me was that everyone knew that they were the one that you'd be on a desert island with. Mm. So they're obviously extremely likable. And as I said yesterday, closest, I think, to somebody we would know in real life. I'm not sure that's true. You think we're not cool enough to know someone like Andy? Andy's like a lot younger than I, than we are and like super fashionable. I don't think we'd know them. I could see myself knowing them if they worked as a barista in the local coffee shop and I'd make excruciating small talk with them. Oh, yeah. Okay. In that context. I also, I don't want to dig on Andy too much, but they refer to themselves as being an introvert. And can someone just explain to me why someone who's an introvert is going on national television? This this is what I don't understand because I am both an introvert and socially awkward. And the thought of doing that and the way that I would behave compared to any of those people if forced into that situation at gunpoint. It, but but I, you know, don't know what it's like for other people to you're in their shoes, do you? No, and I, you know, I think of myself as having introverted tendencies, and I would go on reality TV for certain reasons to further your career. So I would, yeah, I would one hundred percent do it if because it's it, further it, my it, career. I, I always think with you, it would either go extremely well. Or you become a hate figure. Yeah. There'd be be no in-between. I think that means I'd just be unlikable on a reality show. What you will give is a very extreme reaction in most circumstances. I'd really do a a lot of backstabbing. Yeah. I'd be really nice and then mm, stab you in the... mm. Why don't you apply for the next series of The Traitors? Because I'm too afraid of rejection. Mm. It's that fear of rejection holding you back. You're like Marty McFly's dad. Totally. (laughs) Waiting my whole life for that comparison. Do you have any stray thoughts before we get into an assessment of how the traitors are doing? Yes. So I want to say first and foremost that I feel that every episode that we do requires Ryan's best quote. This is Ryan Lochte, who 
I think seems a bit underused. I completely agree with you. But maybe that's a strategy. I don't know. And, you know, let's not Or maybe not he's judge. not given very much. They didn't give him very much to work with. I don't but, know. So, so I don't know who seems... any of the famous people are, but it seems from talking to you like he is very he famous. He seems like he should just be gold. And you're right. We're not getting much from him, but we still got... And you're not getting any of him with his shirt off. Uh, I Look... I would love to see him with his shirt off. I can genuinely feel a twinge in my vagina thinking about what he looked like in 2009. Was there a hairy chest? No, it was just, it was perfect. I think that the best male physique for me is a very particular kind of male swimmer's body. Which, I just want to be clear here, I do not possess. No. I have a a physique quite similar to (laughs) E.T. It's more extreme than just (laughs) pear-shaped. So there's a discrepancy between fantasy and reality, and I think that's fine. Ryan's- but is, is the discrepancy, is the, the real word for that compromise? No, I don't think, I actually, I truly don't think it is. I so just if I think- came home tomorrow and I had Ryan Lochte's body from 2008. I don't think I could handle I prefer, it. I preferred it the old way. Yeah, I don't think I could handle that bad. I think in the in real life, I'd feel like he would have to take a lot of pills to be able to maintain an erection in the presence of my body. And I don't think I can handle that. <laughs> I don't think like Ryan Lochte could look at me naked and like have an erection. And I think that... Anyone would. Sweetie, that's nice, but that's not true. I think it is true. Oh, so nice. Well, I think any lady would become aroused (laughs) looking at your E.T. body in the nude. All right, anyway, here's Ryan's best quote of episodes three and four. Look at me contributing, yeah. And that, yeah, that's not the same as the... I actually, I think I'm performing it as the, as the, the yeah that he tried to trademark, but I'm not quite sure. So because he tried way. and failed, does he not use that word anymore? Is... No, I think he can, I think he can still use it. I think he just doesn't get money if other people use it. <laughs> How is it spelled? So I think it's yeah, but with a J. Yeah. <laughs> other stray thoughts? When Brandy went out in episode three, she swore on her children that she wasn't a traitor. And I had such complicated thoughts on that. So do you think it'd break the format if people start introducing these oaths on children's lives? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just long game. I want to see how that changes things. I had one more question for anyone who's listening. How does Christian decide whether or not today is a wide brim hat day? (laughs) it's a hat that draws the eye and sometimes you see people and they're just fashionistas of whatever kind and you're like but you're a fashionista wear that hat but i i really notice the hat Mm. on christian um this is a terrible thing to say but here it comes kyle and michael side by side there was a moment where they were sat next to each other either at the round table or the breakfast table and it looks like a before and after (laughs) do you want to uh, expand on before and after what Reconstructive surgery. Can you quickly give us an appraisal of how you think the traitors are doing as a team? I can't tell if they're playing it well or the faithfuls are such a shamble. It's just falling into their laps. I agree with you. I can't quite tell. I certainly don't think they're doing noticeably badly, Mm. actually. There was a moment at the round table, I think it was right after Michael went home, where Cody said, and I wrote the quote down, he said, guys, we're playing too emotional. We just sent another faithful home. And it was said so genuinely. And I thought, Cody's got some real game here in that yeah, way. Yeah. In, in fact, it, it looks a bit like Christian's the only true moron out of the traitors. Yeah. But he is such a liability. I think ultimately, one of the traitors being a real liability could ultimately be 
we don't we have to see how it goes. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's so going to really You want someone well you can throw them. overboard. Exactly. So if I were either one of them, I would feel zero guilt mm. about throwing him to the wolves. Where I am at at the end of episode four is I am full body rooting for Sari. She seems like a nice person. She seems like a good game player. She's likable. Right now, today, she's who I'm backing. So who are they going to murder then? The episode ended with a strange moment um, yes. amongst the traitors where Sari kind of turned on Cody, questioned his loyalty, claimed that he knew Ryan in real life. I don't know whether he does or doesn't. Yeah, that was very It's like she wants, wants him to make a blood sacrifice to, to prove his loyalty. But then he also seemed quite offended or something. Yeah, I but, but I, don't, I don't know. I, I couldn't follow that either. Um... So I think Ryan is a possibility. I wonder if Ryan actually is going to stay mm. because we've got there's some juice that he hasn't had. And, so and then, they seem to have identified Kyle as somebody clever, which I think is probably just about him putting his glasses on at the round table. Yeah, I have to say, though, there was some stuff he did that was smart where I thought he is a little bit more perceptive than I would like to um admit to myself. Or they could do some other completely out of left field situation like Shelby or Amanda to make it look like Kate is one of the traitors, although that would be a strange decision now that that letter is out and about. And who is next at the round table? It's hard to see it not being Kate. I can't quite figure out how so she so easily wriggled her way out of that letter thing. Yeah, that was interesting. That was interesting. They just all accepted that explanation as if that wasn't just something she could have made up. I wonder if Andy is another possibility because they're so beloved. So it seems like it would be such an upset if Andy went home, but I don't know. I I think that'd be sort of a dumb move because they don't seem to have a nose for any of the traitors either. Let us know what you think, please. It's hoods up at latesttraitors.com. Hoods up like at a cl- laters- As in a cloak hood, yeah. the hood of a cloak. Hoods up at latertraitors.com. And in the words of the fabulous Alan Cumming, toodle pip. Is that what he said? <laughs>